Hello and welcome to episode three of the Vera Shafiq podcast, real and relevant discussions on business, marketing, technology, and digital. I'm Vera Shafiq. It's Tuesday, the 22nd of January, 2019. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. So today, it's going to be another solo podcast with me, myself, and I. Um, and I do have a wonderful guest lineup coming up for you soon, so uh, stay tuned for that. I also wanted to let you know that I have ordered a awesome piece of podcasting hardware, which I am so excited to get. Um, it's on back order right now, so I'm just waiting patiently for it to come in. When it does come in, I am going to do an unboxing video, so a little teaser on that. And what that piece of hardware is going to do is streamline my podcasting recording experience and provide a much better quality sound experience for all of my listening audience. So looking forward to that. So did you see the Gillette commercial that aired last week? I'm guessing you probably did. If you didn't, go ahead and check it out at YouTube. Just do a search for Gillette commercial and you'll see it. Um, I wrote a blog post about it, so you can check that out at virashafiq.com. But basically what it was was um, a spin on their regular tagline of Gillette, the best a man can get, and they changed it to we believe the best men can be. And it was a commercial depicting the previously bad behavior of men and how uh, you know men can behave better and how they should behave better, and it took the whole issue of toxic masculinity and um, I can see what they were trying to do when they created the ad. Uh, If you read my article you'll you'll see I didn't like the ad. I thought it was kind of disingenuous and I felt they were just jumping on the bandwagon of this social issue of you know gender equality Um, but it just didn't feel authentic to me. It just felt like they were using it more as a sales pitch But um, there were plenty of people that liked the ad also. So, um, you know, there was a backlash. Uh, So it's it's kind of, uh, you know, a very controversial topic. But uh, I'm pretty sure the Gillette team was trying to strike a chord with men and just create a spirit of solidarity of holding each other accountable and taking action on this issue. Um, I just feel that they missed the mark. So... um, You know, a lot of people felt the same way as I do. And if you check out their YouTube channel, you'll see 689,000 likes of the video, but there are 1.2 million dislikes of the video. So that kind of goes to show that, you know, it's not been as positive a response as perhaps Gillette would have liked. Although there are many reasons that they, they could have and probably did run this commercial. Maybe they had already anticipated that there would be some negative response to it and you know the fact is that everyone's talking about it so their name is out there right now and they've gotten a lot of publicity for doing that now whether that's a good thing or not remains to be seen at the end of the day it's down to sales if their sales go up if their brand loyalty goes up then you know all well and good but um, it looks like there's a lot of people that are not happy with Gillette right now based on the commercial and a lot of people are you know kind of posted pictures of them flushing their razors down the toilet, vowing never to purchase Gillette products again because they feel like it's just been 
kind of a diss on all men and just really accusing or pointing the finger at all men and saying that you guys should know better even though it's a small percentage of, of guys that really are misbehaving. So anyway, um, I'm sure you have your own opinion on it. My opinions, you know, missed the mark, but, uh, you know, I, I, I would really love to hear your comments on what you think about the commercial. Another topic that was in the news last week was uh, that MasterCard had rebranded their logo. So instead of showing the wording on their logo of MasterCard, which is, you know, their logo was two circles kind of overlapping each other, almost like a Venn diagram, they removed the words completely and just left the two circles. And they felt that that was sufficient for people to recognize their brand and that more than 80% of people recognize the image and don't need to see the word MasterCard. And the whole reason for this was that, you know, the way people exchange money in this day and age has changed and it's not necessarily a card anymore, you know, with all the online digital um, money transactions, etc. So they felt that there was a, a justification and necessity to, to change their logo. And they're not the first that have done that. Companies such as Nike, Apple, Target, they all have just a logo that really stands for their brand without any words on that at all. So um, I think it was a good move, and I really do think that their logo is recognizable enough for them to, to go ahead with that move. So that was one rebranding. There was also another rebranding that happened last week, and that was Slack. So I went to log on to my Slack app on my phone, and uh, I saw this new logo pop up, and I was like, what the heck did they do? I kind of didn't like it. It just kind of looked weird to me. It didn't didn't speak to me as the way, you know, the same way that their previous logo did. But they had good reasons, I guess, for doing it. Their explanation for changing their logo was that their previous logo, which was the hashtag sign, and, and it had like many colors to it, apparently had 11 colors in it, was not working on many, many applications and that it looked bad on anything other than a white background. And they said that if it was rotated at the, the wrong angle, it looked weird. And so it was just getting messed up um, in a lot of applications. And the words they used were simply awful. So what they did was um, they had their design agency create a, a brand new logo, which is not completely different from the old one, but the hashtag's no longer there. And it's more, you know, a combination of teardrops and um, kind of ovals in a little design. And, um, you know, I, I didn't kind of like it. Maybe it will grow on me, but, um, you know, they had good reason to do it. Um, and they join a whole host of companies that have rebranded themselves or rebranded their logo. So companies such as Gap, Airbnb, and even Google rebranded uh, a few years ago. And I remember that Google had originally used a serif font for their logo and they switched it to sans serif so it wasn't a huge change but they felt like the sans serif was more representative of their brand so um, it worked for google let's see if it works for slack so i was checking out my uh, digiday news last week and i saw one that came up a story that came up about how direct to consumer brands are doing a lot more TV advertising these days. And it specifically pinpointed some really large brands such as Peloton, uh, Chewy, 
Smile Direct Club, and the mattress company Purple. And it's said that they have actually outgrown their reach on social media channels such as Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, digital advertising channels such as Google, which we all know and love as, you know, the go-to advertising sources for, for, you know, getting our name out there. But what's happened is, you know, they've outgrown their reach. These channels are becoming more expensive and more saturated, and they're finding that TV advertising is actually working for them a lot more um, efficiently and effectively. And they're using a mix of traditional TV and addressable TV. So, you know, with the streaming TV services these days, it's a lot easier to track advertising on these channels. And um, I think addressable TV is actually the way to go in terms of TV advertising. So just interesting to hear that these companies have jumped on that and they've seen a lot more success. And they're moving a decent amount of their budget over to TV advertising. And speaking of Facebook and Instagram advertising, I found a new platform. It's new to me. It's called Pattern89. And you can check them out at pattern89.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, What it is, is a platform based on artificial intelligence, which allows you to get deep insights into the effectiveness of your social media strategy on Facebook and Instagram. And what it does is gives you a lot of data based on your existing campaigns as to how you can maximize results across your Facebook and Instagram campaigns using artificial intelligence. So it will tell you things like, hey, this video will provide you the most effectiveness if you use this headline and you show it to this audience at this time of day. Etc. So it really kind of drills down into the various different combinations of um, ads that you can present to your audience. And it has about 2,500 different combinations of criteria that it looks at. So it's, I think, takes, what it does is it takes the guesswork out of your social media strategy and allows you to focus in on the content and the creative and, um, you know, not having to dive into too much of the data in, in order to see what's effective and what's not. So I think it's really worth looking into. And again, as I said, I'll mention it in the show notes, but it's pattern89.com. Is anyone out there doing Quora advertising? Um, this is something which I think is going to be growing in popularity, but I've seen it being used. I've used it uh, on a few use cases, and I, I think it can be super effective as an advertising strategy, um, almost as a complement to search advertising. So Quora, which you probably know, is a publicly mediated Q&A forum. Uh, If you search for anything on Google, the chances are that you'll see as one of the search results a Quora result that comes in. And uh, if you click on it, you'll see it's a, a place where people can just ask questions and get answers from the general public. And Quora allows you to do paid advertising on their platform. And they allow you to do various different types of targeting on there. So you can target by topic, interest, audience, location, platform, and questions. And so it's kind of very similar to Google Ads. So if you're familiar with doing uh, Google search ads, you'd probably find it very easy to set up a Quora ad. 
And what you do is set up your campaign and they even recommend that you use your Google ad keywords as part of the criteria for setting up the campaign. And then um, what happens is that your ad will show up kind of as a native ad within the content of the Quora engine. And people searching for something or reading about a specific topic will see contextually relevant questions and then they'll see, you know, your ad as part of that. Um, so Quora has about 200 million monthly unique visitors to their site. And, um, you know, this is a significant amount of traffic that they get. Um, and it's really, I think, lends itself to voice search because it's question-based. Everything on there is based on questions, you know. You know, what's the best plumber out there? Or how do I implement uh, artificial intelligence on my marketing strategy? So it's all question-based. And that lends itself to voice search. And as we all know, voice search is the next big thing in search marketing. So I think horror is something to keep your eyes on. Definitely something to keep on the radar as far as advertising strategy uh, I, I know it's it's an effective strategy uh, for specific use cases and specific uh, types of uh, brands, but um, I would definitely keep your eye on that and um, let me know if you're doing core advertising and what kind of results you've been getting doing that. That's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did like what you heard, please subscribe to catch more episodes, and I'd really appreciate it if you left me a review and shared with your friends and colleagues. Visit my website at virashafiq.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time.